Welcome. We trust you will be encouraged by this message presented by Chavda Ministries International. Real love, real people, real power. Come on, receive it for you. I tell you, Lord, zap us. Zap us this morning. Zap us. Change us. Lord, we, you know, that pearl of great price. Jesus gave that parable. He said, a man found a pearl of great price and he sold everything he had to have it. I just feel this morning, and I'm first in line this morning, that we have Jesus. We have Jesus and him crucified. Resurrect. We have that pearl of great price and the Lord afresh. I feel the Lord afresh is calling us to, however it looks, I feel the Lord is calling us just to, just to put everything under that. There's a fresh seeking first of his kingdom and righteousness and laying. I just feel we need to do that right now. We just lay down. I'm doing it for myself first. We do it as family today. Whatever, and I, I, I don't, we don't, you know, sometimes I, 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 whatever the price, whatever the cost, and I don't say that lightly. I don't say that lightly. Be careful what we say, but we just lay it down afresh. We lay everything down because of the pearl of great price. We lay everything down by seeking his kingdom. It will cost you. It will cost you. There will be times it's difficult. I'm just, I'm, I'm, we're family. I'm going to be real. There's times it's going to cost you. It's cost me at times. It's going to cost you at times to lose it. Well, God stripped me. I was 17. God, God stripped me of everything, took everything. I was a liberal of liberals. Out there in the world, I was looking to play professional sport. God just zapped me out. I just, I count all of you as better than me. I know where I've come from. He took everything away. Stripped me right down. And it was hard. I'm just being real. It was hard. Now, he gives it all back. Praise God. But he took everything. Stripped me right down. And I just feel this morning, there's, thank God for signs, wonders, manifestations, falling out and all, but there's, found, there's foundations. The Lord's getting his little shovel out in our souls this morning. He's digging real deep. He's digging deep. He's digging out the stones, digging out the roots. He's digging deep and he's laying foundations this morning because if we're going to carry increasing glory and power, we got out the foundations right or we won't be able to carry that power. I blew up at 23. God had anointed me. I had some little bit of grace and power. I just, just couldn't, I just blew up. I just failed and messed up. And, but then God was getting a shovel out. Richard, I'm going to dig deep. St. Teresa of Avila wrote a great book called Interior Castle. And as we go deeper, you see, you have the capacity to be absolutely and increasingly filled with the presence of God. Humans have this. You can be filled with thousands of demons. The Legion did in, in the Gospels. He was full of thousands of demons. Human beings over the centuries have got filled with great evil in their souls and in demonic powers. We see it with Hitler and Stalin, all these people. But us, we have the capacity to be filled without limit. 
But what the Holy Spirit does, you see, you've got a bad root, you're going to have bad fruit. God's going to change some root systems this morning. I was in this house 10 years ago to study. I've been a believer for 18 years. I had some bad fruit. The Holy Spirit dug right down into my soul. This is not morbid introspection. This is just relationship with the Lord. The Lord does it. But he went down right into my inner man. Spirit-filled. Tongues, prophecy, baptizing water, baptizing the Holy Spirit. But there was some bad fruit. So the Lord went right into my soul. Got those roots. (laughs) Took them out. Good root, good fruit. And sometimes little demonic powers get in and some theologies struggle with this. I understand it, but I believe that in Scripture and my own experience of my own deliverance and helping others, sometimes little demonic powers get into the soul and they got to be ripped out. If there's bad fruit, we got to get the root. I hope that's encouraging. He's going to dig deep this morning. We're not playing games here. I'm 45. Yesterday I thought, you know what? In 25 years' time, I'm going to be 70. Now, may I go long if the Lord doesn't return, but I can remember 25 years ago like it was yesterday. It goes in a blink. I can remember 10 years ago, it's gone in a blink. I feel this morning, and it's, I'm number one on this. I'm preaching to my ears first. I feel this morning the Lord is saying, I'm the pearl of great price. I want you to come and lose everything afresh for me. And I don't say it flippantly or lightly. You know, Paul's fruit was real good. And he says this in Romans 15, 13. I felt the Lord wanted me to share some apostolic prayers this morning. Foundations. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Not some joy and peace. All. All joy and peace in believing. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now. This is me. I want to encourage you with this. My end time, last day lens is that scripture. I'm not an end times expert. There's all this stuff flies around, theology, views, opinions, this. I I have very little, if any, revelation on how the end times will actually pan out. But the times I'm in, which are now, and we see it through instant media, this is unique. We see local, national, and international events instantly now, visually. Until about 10, 15 years ago, that had never been the case in human history, from what I understand. So the times we live in, the good, the bad, the ugly, we see through instant media. It's right there and right here. My lens that I look at, the times we live in, whatever's going on, that is a foundation for me that we want to walk 
in this times we live in, filled with all joy and peace in believing. That, this is going to be where we are the witness. That we may be filled with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Whatever's going on in my own life, locally, nationally, internationally, that's a foundation, that scripture for me. And I sometimes wonder, you know, not from a fear point of view, but what's it going to look like a month before the Lord returns? What's it going to look like? I think about it. It kind of fascinates me practically because I think it's very different than what we think. What's it going to look like in Jerusalem? What's it going to look like in Charlotte? What's it going to look like in London? What's it going to look like in the Amazon rainforest if you live there? What's it going to look like in the Sahara Desert if you're a nomad? What's it going to be like on the earth just before the Lord returns? It fascinates me. Not from a fear point of view, but I've been kind of thinking about it. But whatever's going on, that's a foundation. Paul says this, Ephesians 1, 15, 23. So I want to pray that for us. I got you in, you might not like prayer meetings, but I, I ninjaed you into a prayer meeting this morning. Because sometimes there's a lie, you know, intercession and prayer. I think the enemy lies to the body of Christ. It's kind of a heavy, difficult thing. It doesn't have to be. So we want to pray, Lord, this morning, I pray that you would minister that prayer to us, that we would be filled with all joy and peace in believing and abounding in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that the times we live in, the sons of Issachar, thousands of years ago, I ask this morning that we would have wisdom, discernment, understanding of the times, know how to pray and know what to do. That we would be planted where you want us, where your hand and grace is, may we be in that place. As we abide in you and you and us, the vine and the branch, apart from you we can do nothing. Let's just pause on that for a second. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But with me, you'll bear much fruit. Let's just remember why we're here. Why are we still here? Why hasn't the Lord come back yet? There's a great commission. Go make disciples of all the nations. Matthew 24, 14. The gospel of the kingdom will go to the, each nation, every nation. Then the end will come. That's why we're still here. We've got a great commission. We've got a mission. It's local. It's in our families. It's in our street. I've been praying for houses just around me, right? Just, I mean, I've I got a burden for the Western nations, but I also got, I got to root it right into brick and mortar next door to me. I'm praying for my neighbors. This might challenge some of your theology. Andreas touched on it. It says in 2 Peter, we can hasten the coming of the Lord. That may challenge some theology. I honestly do believe we can hasten the coming of the Lord by getting the job done. But we can't get the job done on our own because apart from we can do nothing, we get the job done by abiding in Him and Him in us and bearing fruit. That's how we get the job done. It's not us doing it and involving God. It's God doing it and involving us. That's a totally different ballgame. 
There's a lot of the body of Christ trying to do things that involve God. The flesh profits nothing. The spirit brings life. God does it and involves us. I know when I show up on a Friday night at the watch, I know it's God doing it and involving us. That's true ministry. True ministry is God doing it and involving us. So, Lord, we come afresh. What you're doing, choose to involve us as you see fit, Lord. Choose to involve us as you see fit. One of my favorite scriptures, Paul says, I labored much more than all the other apostles, but it wasn't me as the grace of God that was with me. Paul was obsessed with the grace of God because he knew that he was worse than everyone else, the greatest of sinners. He knew he had a sovereign zap on the road to Damascus. He knew it was all God. He achieved all this stuff. He didn't realize that the letters he was writing at the time were going to build the church up for thousands of years. I don't think he knew that. When he was sat in a prison writing to the Philippians, probably not feeling great, probably feeling like he may have failed in his ministry, which I reckon if you read his letters, I think at times he felt, I'm failing. I'm failing to father and raise these churches. I love the Corinthians, but they're doing, they're fighting, they're divided, they got moral problems, they got doctrine problems. In those days, you know, it wasn't easy just to get on a plane and go and see them or get online and, and do a webinar. You couldn't do that. He sat there in prison, horrible prison. I'm just, I might be, I don't know. I mean, might, might need some theologians to correct me on this, but he was probably in some dingy cell by candlelight writing this letter, Philippians, I love you so much. He didn't know that the fruit of his ministry, which was a lot of the time pressure, challenge, trials, failure, suffering, beatings, shipwrecks. He didn't see the fruit that his ministry was going to bear. A friend of mine, I was an arrogant Christian when I was younger, a very arrogant comment I made. I can still be arrogant. I'm growing. But I was in a church with my mature friend, and I said to him, ah, this church is a mess. These problems and those problems. And he said, yeah, you know what? God uses messes. There's this children's program in England called Rainbow with a character called Zippy who talks a lot. And when they get fed up with him, they just zip his mouth up. We need that sometimes, right? But I want to encourage you. These are foundational prayers. Paul says, Ephesians 1, 15, 20. He said, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. Foundations of faith and love. If people start struggling with the church and start coming out of fellowship, those two foundations are completely connected. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and love for all the saints. Paul writes this in a number of letters. He talks about faith and love. You see, if your faith is growing and maturing and sound in the Lord Jesus Christ, your love for the saints is going to grow as well, and the local church is where you express that. If people are coming out of the local church and struggling, often there's an issue with faith 
it's vertical first, then it's horizontal. As we're growing and getting built up and encouraged and matured in our faith, so will the love for the saints. This is key. Paul says, I do not cease to give thanks for you. Paul's obsessed with thanking God for believers. That will deal with a critical spirit, a negative attitude, and just seeing everyone's faults and failings. We're all growing and learning. If you, if we learn to not to not cease in giving thanks for each other, this is a keys. He says, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. We have a lot of wrong imagery and thinking the Lord wants to completely demolish. Whenever I've heard the Lord speak to me, and I'm not talking over the years, lots of impressions and prophetic, whatever. I'm talking when I can say, Jesus just spoke to me. is probably a handful of times in 28 years. But when the Lord has ever spoken to me, and correctively a few times, he is totally different than what my mental imagery of him was. We need the spirit of wisdom and revelation because it takes the knowledge here and what it does, it downloads it into our spirit that we actually have experiential knowledge of him. It's not just here because we have a lot of the devil is a liar. We have a lot of wrong thinking and imagery the Lord wants to demolish and receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we know him better. So I want to pray this morning, Lord, in this house, release the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Deliver us from wrong thinking, Lord. Deliver us from any lies. Deliver us from any deception. Deliver us from any wrong imagery. See, the devil's a liar. If you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going into the spiritual realm. You might live in this physical body, but you get filled with the Holy Spirit. The devil is going to get in your face with lies and accusations. You've got to know how to wear the armor of God and defeat him. Because I can tell you something now. The clearer I hear the voice of the Lord, the clearer I hear the voice of the enemy. And we've got to learn to wear that armor and shut down every lie and condemnation that he would bring because he's constantly trying to rob God's people of liberty and freedom. I'm not talking about license or we're going to live how we want, but he is a liar and an, sometimes he's in my face. I'm thinking, does he have nothing better to do than get in my face about things? But the spirit of wisdom and knowledge of revelation is very, very important. Now, I want us to bring this one up on the screen. If we can get up, this is amplified. I want to look at this in the amplified. This is Ephesians three fourteen to 21. Now, I love the Amplified because those people that have grace to look into all the Hebrew and Greek, God gave them grace to do that. And the Amplified, they give kind of a, 
expanded version of the actual text. All that stuff bores me to tears, looking at Greek, Hebrew, and all that sort of stuff. But I love the Amplified. If we can just get that up, and I want us to see some things here. So, I want you to receive this. It's Ephesians 3.14. For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ. Paul is getting into a demeanor of humility. He says, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whom every family in heaven and earth is named. That Father from whom all fatherhood takes his title and derives its name. May he grant, this is for you, I want you to receive this right now. May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself. Now remember, we were talking about the Lord digging out all the junk in our soul to lay a found. This is a foundation. Himself, this is New Testament, New Covenant relationship with the Lord. Himself indwelling your innermost. Just stop on that. Your innermost being and personality. May Christ, through your faith, actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. This is our calling. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. That you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, not a select few of saints, all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love, not just knowing it here. And often in the body of Christ, it's like, well, we walk by faith, not by feelings. We're not looking for experience, and that's fine. But there's going to come a point where faith is going to lead to experience. What is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of it? Look at this. Look what Paul's saying. Imagine him writing this. There's no Old Testament stuff in these prayers. This is all New Testament revelation that Paul received directly from God. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge Without experience. I don't care if you've been born again five minutes. This is a calling for you. That you... Now, we, I don't care. When I get up in the morning when I'm with my family, I need this. When I go to work, walk through the doors, I need this. When I go to the supermarket, I need this. When I go get my car service, I need this. When I'm here on a Sunday or at the watcher or the conference, I need this. That you may be filled, look, through all your being. You see, our inner person has all these areas to it. And I believe that the Lord wants to come in, not through introspection, but it's something the Holy Spirit does. And constantly He's looking to go into our souls and dig, 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 dig. Dig out the stones, dig out the roots, dig all the junk out, lay the foundation. 
I believe as humans we have the capacity to be continually filled with more of God till we die and the Lord returns. I don't believe there's, well, I've been filled for 50 years, that's enough now. I got, that's it, I can't be filled. I don't believe as spiritual beings, spirit, soul, and body, we're a spiritual being, but we, you know, we have a physical body, but we carry a spirit and a soul. That you may be filled through all your being unto the fullness of God. And you may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body holy, filled, and flooded with God himself. That's the call. And you know, my wife has a saying, it's really, she calls it the glory and the gory. And the reality is this, we're pressing in with all this, with all our weaknesses, faults, junks, failings, mistakes, issues of life. That is the call for every one of us, every believer in the body of Christ. I had an experience in April 1995. I have never recovered from this experience of the Lord in a good way. And that was 24 years ago. So I'm in this meeting and the Holy Spirit, I have never, ever felt the p- tangible presence of the Lord as strong as this specific meeting. And I felt, it wasn't the Lord, he hadn't come off his throne, I'm just, it was the Holy Spirit. But I felt the Holy Spirit stand next to me with unmatched intensity to this date. I've not experienced the Lord this intensely since April 1995. And I felt the Lord put his arm around me. And all of a sudden, I felt the Lord went right into my soul. And I don't know if you've seen those, those movies and those cartoons where they kind of cr- they, they cry vertically, you know? You ever seen that? The kind of cartoons, you know, they kind of cry. It's kind of against, against the laws of physics, you know? They kind of, the tears are going. But I was just, I felt so loved I was weeping the most. I don't think I've ever cried that intensely, ever. And there were two characteristics that have never left me. I've never recovered from them in a good way. One was the love and presence of the Lord. Was The other one was how pure the presence of the Lord was. It was like, there's no way a sin can actually exist in this presence. And I had a revelation. The revelation was, see, Paul said, love springs from a pure heart. If God wasn't so pure, he would not be so loving. So when we say, well, the only way that Someone can get into the next age. There's a new heavens and new earth coming. I mean, there's a whole theology. I mean, it's coming. The only way someone can access the next age is by receiving the righteousness of God, which is 2 Corinthians 5.21. We have received the righteousness of God. Because in His presence... He was so pure, I thought, I can, I can see why no sin can actually exist in the age to come. 
it cannot exist. Not it's not it cannot exist in the age to come because he's so pure. And his love, which is perfect, John wrote, he is love. It only comes out because he is so pure. If he wasn't, if he was ninety nine percent pure, he would be ninety nine percent love. He's only as loving as he is because he's as pure as he is. But that is the call to be filled with God. I want to pray, Lord, that you would fill us this morning, strengthen us in our inner man by your Spirit, so we are filled with all the fullness of you, as much as we can handle at the moment. I think it was one of the great revivalists, Moody or someone, had such an incredible encounter with God and his love. He just said, Lord, you, you've, got, you've got to stop. He actually said, Lord, you have to, you, you've actually got to withhold your hand right now. It was so intense. It was as much as he could handle in that moment. But the Lord's call is to fill us with that. Look what he says in Philippians 1, 9 to 11. These are all apostolic foundations. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. So Paul is praying for the churches that your love may abound. That you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So I want to pray this morning, Lord, that our love will abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Do you see how obsessed Paul was with actually experiencing this stuff in our inner person? Paul was obsessed with it. Got to remember, these, none of these prayers were in the Old Testament. He received all this as direct revelation as an apostle. I call this prayer the anti-burnout prayer. There's some keys in here. Colossians 1, 9 to 14. For this reason, since the day we heard it, we do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Reason, verse 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, number one, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Paul's talking about knowledge again. Then he says, strengthen with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Very simple definition of long-suffering. You're suffering something for a long time. But the relationship with the Lord is if we are in a season of long-suffering, it's with joy. And giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. The reason I call it the anti-burnout prayer, we want to burn on, not burn out. We want to burn to the end. There's no point us trying to do things that we haven't got grace and anointing for. There's no point me trying to have the influence that our pastors or Ryan, our bunky or Benny, I don't have 
the supernatural grace or anointing to do it. Now, I'm not talking about something practical needs doing, you know, help put the chairs out. I'm not talking about, oh, do I pray about that? You know, what I'm talking about is acts of ministry and service to make disciples and advance the gospel and build the church. We need to be filled with all knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I got to be, I got seven days a week, I got 16 hours of waking time a day. I have to be just doing what the Lord has given me grace and anointing and strength to do. Otherwise, one, it's going to fail because I'm trying to do it and involve God, not God doing it involving me. And two, I'm going to get tired and burnt out. I got, it happens all the time. People burn out. You can't do everything. Do what God has given you grace for. I don't care if it's tech arts, preaching to the nations, pre- speaking here this morning. Do it, whatever it be, catering. What, I mean, there's all these, whatever God has given you grace, get into where the grace is. You come out of that, we become ineffective, we don't bear fruit, we start burning out. And proud, you know, I actually felt a very practical word of wisdom and counsel and worship. Some of you, make sure you're eating right and your diet is right. I actually felt, in the area of tiredness or your physical health, I actually felt the Lord give me an actual practical word of counsel and wisdom to make sure you're eating regular and right. I felt there was a word of wisdom on diet for some of you in terms of just physical strength and energy. So if that's for you, you know, take it. But I actually felt that. But this prayer is key. And just for me in my own life, I've prayed these prayers for years. God, when I was about in early 94, God took me aside for a season. I had a bit of time because of the practicals of my job and things. It was shifts and different things. And the Lord took me aside, got me in the Word, and gave me real revelation on these prayers. And I've prayed them for years, seen God outwork them. And sometimes, even though they're very supernatural prayers, they actually they outwork very practically in context of our lives, our spheres of influence, 21st century life. They're very supernatural, but they will outwork very practically. It's interesting. In Scripture, it says that Jesus preached the gospel to all the villages in a circuit. It's actually a Scripture that says Jesus preached in all the villages in a circuit. He had a practical strategy. And he saw what the Father was doing and did what he saw the Father doing. But sometimes the supernatural is very practical sometimes. You know, we're not in the next age. We're still here, flesh and blood. It's very practical sometimes. How are we doing for time? Okay. I know you might be thinking about your lunch and Carmela's, and I understand that. I'm going to go a little bit longer, a little bit, not too long. I like this prayer. 1 Thessalonians 3, 11 to 13. Now, may our God and Father himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, direct our way to you. May the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all. So what he's praying for the Thessalonians, may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before God our Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. So I want to pray, Lord, that you this morning would increase and abound our love to one another and to all. We ask that you would release that. 
and do that in Jesus' name. I like this prayer, 2 Thessalonians 2, 16 to 17. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself, our God and Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and a good hope by grace. This is what the prayer is. May he comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. I felt that was a real word from the Lord. What, whatever, in every good word and works, whatever you're saying or whatever you're doing, service, ministry-wise, job-wise, whatever, may the Lord establish you this morning. I just, I want you to just, just say, just pray after me. Lord, establish us in every good word and every good work in Jesus' name. And I felt there was like an anchor. There was an establishing in our words and our work for the Lord. And even in Philemon is this funny little, no, funny, little <laughs> funny little book. It's a little book. Funny little book. It's a book at the end of the New Testament. It's called Philemon or Philemon. I don't know how you say it in America. Actually, I prefer the way you say it, Philemon. That's, that's a good interpretation, Philemon. There you go. Don't know how they'd say it in London. Yeah, Philemon, yeah, Philemon. I like Philemon. So he says, I thank my God, making mention of you in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith, which you have towards the Lord Jesus, love and faith again, faith and love, foundation. The love and faith you have towards the Lord Jesus and towards all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in your love, because our heart, the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you. So I want to pray that we become effective in the sharing of our faith by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you, in Christ Jesus. Daniel 1.9. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. I pray, Lord, this morning that we would come into the favor and the goodwill of people that have authority, workplaces, every sphere of influence, Lord, where there's leadership and government and authority. Lord, I pray that we would come into favor and goodwill. In Jesus' name, Daniel 1, 17. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. So, Lord, release knowledge, release skill, release wisdom. Release the understanding, Lord, of all visions and dreams, and we pray for an increase of supernatural dreams. Speak to us in the night, Lord. Give us dreams that we know of you and wisdom what to do with them. I have sat on, I want to encourage you with this, with dreams and the prophetic. If the Lord gives you something, ask the Lord for wisdom what to do with it. Sometimes it's to pray about it. Sometimes it's to share it. Then, sometimes it's to sit on it. I have sat on dreams and prophetic words for years until the right time to share them. They're kind of there. They stew. 
And then you ask the Lord for it, and then, ah, this is the time to share. Yeah, I had this dream five years ago. Yeah, I had this prophetic word two years ago. And I'm just boasting in the Lord. This is all God, and may we have more of this, to see a gift that sees what's coming, knows how to pray, knows what to do. I pray to release to see a gift. In 2005, six, the Lord started saying to me, there's financial problems coming. Make sure you get out of as much debt as is practical and make sure you're tithing and offering and that your heart is right financially. And I just was sitting on this. And at the time, the economy was strong. I was in real estate. All the econ- Most of the economists were saying, yeah, the foundations are sound. Everything's fine. There was a few economists sharing the alarm bells. But generally, most people were saying, ah, we're fine. It's all good. And the Lord was saying to me, you know, there's financial problems coming. Make sure you're about as out of as much debt as is practical. And make sure you're tithing and offering and your foundations are right. And I felt the Lord had me sit on this for a few years. And the Lord had me do a few financial things before that financial crisis hit. And it blew my colleagues away. They couldn't believe I'd done what I'd done. Because, but I'd seen, the Lord had seen what was coming and had me act. And then the Lord had me share this prophetic word in my local congregation about six months before it actually happened. And it happened like it did here. It hit England very, very suddenly. Credit crunch, taps turned off. But that, I know one specific family came up to me, so that word really helped us not take on additional debt when it actually came. And that's the seer gift. We, I'm praying, Lord, that you release the seer gift today. Because we've got to be one step ahead of the world. We have Scripture. We have the eternal foundations of Scripture. But we also need the prophetic seer gift in our own lives, families, churches, cities, regions, nations to see what is going to happen. See, when Agabus saw the famine, it wasn't to stop the famine. The famine happened, but they took action to deal with the famine. Well, sometimes the Lord will show us things. This is what the enemy would like to do or what man would like to do. I want you to stand in the gap and pray that it doesn't happen. It's not fatalistic. It's seeing what could happen, the body of Christ steps into that situation and says, no, 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 no. We're praying that it doesn't happen. The kingdom of God comes. The will of God is done. And I feel the times we're in, the times that are coming, the seer gift is essential for the body of Christ. Lord, release it. May we carry it with the right heart and wisdom what to do with it. In Jesus' name. I'm winding up in a few minutes. Daniel 1.20, in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in his realm. Lord, release ten times better, I pray, on us. In Jesus' name. Daniel 5.12-14, and as much as an excellent spirit, knowledge, understanding, interpreting dreams, solving riddles, and explaining enigmas were found in Daniel. An enigma is like a complicated problem. So I'm praying the Lord would release a problem-solving grace on us this morning, every sphere we're in. I also saw a notice at work six months ago that experts solve problems, geniuses prevent problems. So my prayer is that we don't only, Lord, give us wisdom to solve problems, but I ask for wisdom to prevent problems. Lord, release and may it be a witness, maybe in the boardroom, maybe at a work meeting, maybe at 
wherever you hang out, for whatever you do, you know, the Lord gives you a solution to something. I'm just boasting in God. God will give you wisdom. I, I started a new job in May the 6th. I, I honestly, I, I had my first three days on the phones in this job, and I was struggling. They didn't give great training. It was kind of like, go work it out. I honestly felt the Lord give me a wisdom and a strategy of how to cold call on this new product. And I wrote it down, put it on my in my cubicle. And immediately, it was everything changed. Immediately, there was sales coming in. And after a few weeks in the job, the trainer comes up to me and says, what are you saying and what are you doing? Can we use that script in our next training class? That's what happened. I felt the Lord down low. I, I honestly felt the Lord pray, say, actually, tr- just try, try and say these things. Blah, 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 blah. I wrote them down. So I started cold calling. And these business owners started to listen and set demos and buy. It was just like, it was God. That may that be for you. It's all of us. In Jesus' name. Let's stand up and welcome. Welcome the Lord. Let you take a drink. Remember, it's all Jesus. It's all Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Lord, seal whatever was of you by the Holy Spirit this morning. I mean, I just, you know, I felt quite, I've been feeling tired recently. I've been, you know, I, I need more grace. I, I just started feeling a bit more, more, I started feeling a bit older recently. I'm just being real. I started feeling just a bit tireder recently. Part of me was almost like, I didn't know if anybody really want to bring this message this morning because i got to prepare and i got to work. And I, you know, <laughs> I'm being real with you. It kind of comes in, but it's looking to go, grace, there'll be grace there. The flesh profits nothing. Don't matter, you know, Jonathan, I mean, don't matter on your personality. Jonathan Edwards, the great revival, apparently he used to sit there and read his sermons monotone. You got a personality. I mean, I can be loud. I mean, you know, I can be loud. It's just personality. I'm trying to whip it up. Just, just being me. I can be loud. You know, you got Ryan Bonkies and those types of graces and anointings. And, and then you got people like Jonathan. Who apparently, he just read his sermon. Just <laughs> heavens open, spirit revival, glory came. Just welcome the glory. If you got to go to lunch, that's fine. I will not be offended. I think, you know, I start the watch at 8, normally 7.30 out on a Friday. I'm thinking about McDonald's from the start of the watch right into the time. And I, it's a test of patience because there's always a delay at that McDonald's at 11.30, 12 at night. And I have to put on the Spirit of Christ and be patient with them because they got the drive through There's a queue and I have to wait. You know, you can be in glory one minute. I mean, prophetic words, all the pattern in my, in my spirit is getting these prophetic words and prayers and all this. My head is like McDonald's, 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 prophetic word, <laughs> prayer, something, McDonald's, 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 cricket, are England going to win the ashes? Oh, i got to do this at work. i got to do this. That's in my head. Yeah, glory, glory here. Inner man, filled, filled, filled. It's glory and gory. We're in the moment. We're in two worlds. We, we got, I had to service my car. I had to sit at Toyota, an hour and a half. I've got to do these things. Got to pay the bills. I had to get a wasp nest out of my window. I have to move the car seat for my little one. I had to do this. And it's like, I got a message tomorrow. You know, it's the glory and the gory. 
Come, Holy Spirit, raise your hands. Lord, we welcome. Spirit of glory this morning. Lord, we're in it for the long run. We offer ourselves afresh. Lord, you are the great, the pearl of great price. We look at you this morning, Lord, the resurrected Jesus. We know you're the lamb that was slain, sat at the right hand of God. We are righteous by faith. Through one man's sin, all became sinners. Through one man's righteous act, all became righteous. God cast all over the disobedience that he may have mercy on them all. Paul wrote that in Romans. There is grace for the nations. There is grace for the Western nations. Lord, your eye, I honestly believe the eye of the Lord is on the Western nations right now. I felt the Lord say to me in the watch the other night, I miss the fellowship of the Western nations. I felt the Lord say, remembering times, seasons, when the Western nations were close to God, I felt the Lord say, I miss the Western nations. I felt the Lord say that. Come, Holy Spirit. Spirit of revival, spirit of fire, come on us afresh. Everything this morning, all the prayers, everything that was of you, Lord, we say amen, seal it, whatever whatever was of you. May it bear fruit, may there be fruit and transformation and change this morning, Lord. Cool, I just felt the atmosphere, I feel the atmosphere change, I feel that atmosphere between heaven and earth. John Paul Jackson used to call it thin air. Just do this. Do a prophetic act. Just pull in the unseen realm right now. Lord, we're pulling on your kingdom. It is at hand. We don't see it naturally, but we see it. Lord, we know it's there right now. There's thin air in this place. I feel there's thin air right now between heaven and earth. Fire come. Baptize us in fire, Lord, in Jesus' name. May you carry it into your families, into your places of restaurants, into your workplaces, into your places of leisure, your places of hobby. When you walk in, you carry a flame. You carry the spirit of revival. I didn't ask for any of this. I was having a whale of a time out there in the world. God said, no. Bang. You're coming in. You're called for such a time as this. I want you to... Get rid of some stinking thinking. Go look in the mirror. Start preaching to yourself. Start preaching. I'm the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. I'm called for such a time as this. I don't care if you're a butcher, baker, candlestick maker, CEO, full-time. You are called for such a time as this. May the Holy Spirit come and may you burn afresh. I need the grace. We're just standing before you, Lord. Open the heavens now, we pray. Baptize us in fire, Lord, afresh. Lord, whatever the opposition, the challenge, we need one another. I need you. I need the corporate. I need the strength that comes when we get together. I just can't do it without each other. Burn, burn. There's a spirit of revival. Fire, I tell you, it's the pearl of great price. Just come out, come out. If that pearl of great price word is ringing any residence that you just feel, yeah, I need to come and lose everything for the pearl of great price. Come and line up right now. Come and line up right now. I'm here. I'm already up here. Come and line up right now. 
Come and line up. Just that pearl. Even if you stay in your cell, I mean, it's just we're in there. We're in this atmosphere. We're in this glory. Just, Lord, you see the response. Lord, we just humble ourselves this morning. The Lord see. I mean, the Lord's doing it. I mean, I, the Lord's doing something right now. It's just, Lord, fill us with all knowledge of your will and all wisdom, spiritual understanding. Lord, may we abide in you, you and us. Apart from you, we can do nothing. There's a fresh commissioning. As the Father sent me, so I send you. I feel the Lord is saying that. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. It ain't going to look. 21st century ministry is not going to look like it did 200 years ago. Same Holy Spirit, same foundations. Culture's different. Times have changed. The people are in different places. It's not going to look how it looked. 200 years ago, 500 years, 1,000 years ago. It's not going to look like that. It's not miss what God is doing because we have, we, we have these mindsets. God has put me in some unusual places, doing some unusual things. I'm a ninja. God puts me in a place. I'm a ninja. I'm talking normal, dressing normal. I'm not being some religious weirdo, but God's got me in there. Affect the atmosphere. Affect the workplace. Start building bridges, connecting to people. I can get Jesus Christ crucified out to them. Start sowing and watering seeds. I'm going in normal. I'm not going in as a weirdo. Just receive that fresh, 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 fresh anointing. We hope you enjoyed this message. To order more great resources by Mahesh Javda, visit us at chavdaministries.org. We hope you enjoyed this message. To order more great resources by Mahesh Javda, visit us at chavdaministries.org. For a full catalog of our products, you can call us at 1-800-730-6264. God bless you.